We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everyone? Before we get to the show, I just want to let you know you got to vote for Pat Mayo for Fantasy Analyst and Sports Betting Analyst of the Year. It's important to the show because it will free us up to do more stuff in the new year if we can win these awards. So if you hit the description of the podcast, you'll find the link to vote for Mayo. You can vote for both awards. Um, and you can probably vote once per day, too. We do this uh, up until the 15th of December, so as many times as you can vote, please go do it. It takes like 45 seconds. You want to make a real impact for this show? Go do that right now. Hit the description, vote for Mayo in both categories, and boom, we'll have more content for you, presumably, in the new year, if we can win. So please, help me out there. On with the show. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, the season finale of the Waiver Wire Pickup Power Rankings, injuries, and all that fun stuff because don't do Week 17 because no one should do Week 17. I mean, we'll have a spread show for Week 17, I think. Probably won't be video, probably just be audio. We'll upload it to all the same places. That's why you need to subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, which if you do, you subscribe to that podcast, you can get into a draw for 75 DK dollars. A nice Christmas bonus! from the Pat Mayo experience before we get out for the holiday season. Brand new shows all throughout the holiday season, by the way. But if you subscribe to the Pat Mayo experience audio podcast, leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show, you will be in that draw for 75 DK dollars. Now, for the video show, if you smash the like button here, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me your favorite single waiver wire pickup of the week. Could be a running back, could be a streaming quarterback, could be a defense for next week. You do that, you'll be in a draw for 20 DK dollars. Getting both draws, a potential combined total of 95 DraftKings dollars. That's two full weeks of the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. So you can try to get into that. Uh, Sal Vetri from the Sal Vetri YouTube channel will be joining me momentarily, but I did want to let everyone know if you check out the description of this video or podcast, you will see a link, a link to Vote Mayo for Fantasy Analyst of the Year and Sports Betting Analyst of the Year. Am I good at either of these things? No, but I do think that it provides the people, at least in charge of hiring and giving the show more funds to create more shows, which if you're watching it, you probably tend to like it, I would think. I mean, if you hate watching, good on you for getting me the downloads. I like that anyway. But go vote Mayo as many times as you can. I don't know how many. It's probably just once you can do. But nominated in both categories. You hit that link. You vote for me in both. Sign in. Like, I think you can just sign in like anonymously. Uh, it'll take like 45 seconds. If you can spare the 45 seconds for me, I would really appreciate it. Uh, and it could lead to more shows. We did almost 400 shows this year. We will have ended up doing 400 shows this year. So maybe we can do 450 next year if we win some of these awards. Probably not. But either way, please help out the show and go vote for Pat Mayo. In those categories, uh, the winners from last week of the DraftKings giveaways of the 60 
DraftKings dollars. I thought it was so fun. I'd give a whole bunch of people uh, some 60 DK bucks. And for that $75 giveaway for next week, there will be multiple winners. So please, even if you've reviewed the show before, go review it again. I want to get up to 3,000 total iTunes reviews for the year. The winners of the 60 DK dollars, Blade6, Fantasy204, P underscore Niggle, AGT123, and Monroe the Kitty. All the winners of 60 DK dollars. The winners of 20 DK dollars from a week ago. Lockport 3121, 100. T Jake, Logzilla, DraftKings 4188. Sweet name. Very creative. Janmer, V Rod 305, and ST Merezik. All the winners of the 20 DK bucks. I don't believe any of the money is in people's accounts right now, but that will be in momentarily. The people at the DraftKings offices, it's the holiday season. You know, they're, they're pounding eggnog over there at their eggnog bar. So it's probably going to take them like a day later to do things than they normally do. If you want to find the pickup list, I've even added my full, uh, and we'll get to it here in a bit, but I've already added my week 15 overall defense rankings and my week 16 overall defense rankings so you can just go compare those if you're looking for streamers uh it's not you know the regular below 60 percent it's just the overall rankings for the week you can figure it the fuck out from there all right joining me on the line he's been sitting there very quietly from the salvetri youtube channel which everyone should go subscribe to right now it is salvetri last time this year thank you so much for your time over these past 10 weeks yeah thanks for having me on this has been a this has been a ton of fun pat thank you i appreciate it have you gone and voted Mayo yet? I I did vote Mayo, and I, I did not know that it was you can do more than once. So I will be sure to after this take advantage of all that. Well, I don't know if you actually can do more than once, but I assume like they're using like Judgeify. So I mentioned like once a day you could probably go vote. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. We'll have to try it. Now, don't be afraid on your channel to let people know to go vote for me also. I mean, if it was me versus you, I could see why you wouldn't want to do that. But dude, do me a solid. Throw that out to the people. Be like, hey, go vote Mayo. Oh, of course. I got you. Did some retweeting of it. Definitely will broadcast it on the channel as well. Yeah, well, and the people who care, the people who would actually vote are the people who are tuned in right now, I would assume. I mean, could you imagine disliking the show but tuning in anyway to watch it live or downloading the podcast? Wouldn't that seem weird to you? Yeah, really weird, especially especially to start your Monday off that way seems like a, a brutal way to start the week. It does, and... Yeah, it just seems like a colossal waste of time. I hate doing things that I don't like. I can't imagine tuning into something I don't like just to be, like, triggered by it. Anyway, again, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for all the downloads this year. I don't think we're going to get to our 15 million downloads for the season, but that's okay. We beat last year. Uh, we've grown probably, you know, 17 20%. So it's pretty encouraging. The growth is on the way up. There are so many people, Sal, in the avenue of really shitty advice that, hey, I have all the shitty advice for all the people. But let's review the DraftKings winning lineups from last week. Take a quick look at the Millionaire Maker. Have you looked at this at all? Yeah, I have it up right here. I was looking at it a little bit before the show. Uh, I came on to the Sunday live show with Cust and Gary, and we were talking about the different ways that you can stack your lineups. And I had two thoughts in mind. I said, one... That the New England and Kansas City game was a stack that was going to be wildly under-owned. And then I said that the San Francisco-New Orleans game would be the other stack with quality players where that was just going to be wildly under-owned. And I said, credit to me, I'm going to give myself a Barry Horowitz pat on the back, that I would fade the New Orleans game and use the Kansas City game. That's how my week went. Yeah, if anything, I, I did that as well. I had nothing from that, that Saints game and I had a little bit from the Chiefs side. But yeah, I was probably in the same lane with you there. But it turned out you wanted to use that game because Jimmy G at 2% was the winning quarterback. Breeze scored more, but um, you know, 32 points from Jimmy G. You pair him with Emmanuel Sanders, who scored almost 40. All of a sudden, you're looking good. This DraftKings winning lineup is shocking, and it really could have been better. It scored 240.86 points. Jimmy G, Eckler, Aaron Jones, Robbie Anderson, A.J. Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, James White in the flex, and Steelers D, Austin Hooper at tight end. Like, Austin Hooper was expensive. James White was pretty expensive. This team could have been even better, and it got the parts wrong that were probably easier to get right than the parts he got right. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the combination of these guys, all, all really low-owned, so just a flyer lineup out there, but ends up stack having a mini stack in there. Yeah, it was just Hooper had, like, two catches or two passes that were overthrown from him. He could have had a bigger day. And overall, it was just a combination of guys going for every single player that went for, it seems, 32-plus he had in his lineup, besides Breeze, but obviously had Jimmy G. But it's just funny that you can have, because the pay-down options, I guess if you went with Gasicki, like I did, um, you had one point, so that was not good. But the, the Ian Thomas chalk paid off. He was the min, and he scored a touchdown. He was great. 
Yeah, the way that they used Ian Thomas was fantastic. He was he was everywhere on the field. When he catches a touchdown, he's out wide. He was in the slot. He was in the backfield. Uh, his usage was – they used it a little bit last year, but way more than I'm used to seeing when they used Ian Thomas. It was great. Uh, the winning lineup in the Pat Mayo experience – DraftKings Listeners League, where the link will be in the description of the video and podcast. So once that is released, is what's this guy's name? Manny eight one two one. His second of third three entries. Congratulations, you won yourself five thousand dollars with Drew Brees at quarterback. And it's funny, like this is really the thing between. I mean, everyone wants to win a million bucks. Obviously, that's the case. However, when you start to think about it, playing in these smaller tournaments gives you a bit more flexibility with being wrong on some things like no one was going to beat that other guy's roster that was like the roster of the week he had every great guy on it when you play against 300,000 people someone is likely to have that a contest with 3,000 or 2,500 people the room for error the margin for error is just a little bit bigger so Drew Brees is the quarterback Elvin Kamara in his seven points was a running back Bilal Powell in his 10 points or 10.8 points was the other running back and then down the list you had A.J. Brown Debo who scored 16 Michael Thomas who scored 33 Jared Cook who scored scored 20 had those two early touchdowns on two catches Aaron Jones in the flex and Steelers D like pay up for D pay a little bit up at tight end use Aaron Jones and stack that game and you're on your way yeah you got the loan stack in there low owned Aaron Jones and yeah a whole lineup was probably really loaned it, it worked out just looking yeah I agree like you're gonna have less competition just overall because of the pure number but like looking at the Millie Maker lineup it's just a brutal week to be somebody finishing second you see it like two or three times at most in an NFL season that Somebody wins the Millie Maker by like 12 points. It's usually by a hair. So the guy who comes in second this week just gets so unlucky that that guy woke up that morning and that morning and put that together. Yeah, well, when you were thinking about your roster construction, we can even talk about this from a week season long fantasy football perspective because the Bilal Powell situation came up and. I was trying to talk it through because I have basically Josh Jacobs on every single team. And I didn't know what was going to happen with Josh Jacobs. So if people watch Friday show, hey, you don't need to see my number one waiver wire pickup of the week because it's DeAndre Washington. And I don't know if Jacobs is going to play the rest of the season. He might. He might play this week. But we're not going to know that for right now. Probably at least until waivers clear. So you're probably going to want to get DeAndre Washington. Uh, The biggest thing is is I had Jacobs, I had Washington, and I went and picked up Bilal Powell. All these three guys are on my team, and I don't know the status of Josh Jacobs as of yet. I played Bilal Powell not knowing because I had it in my mind where either Jacobs was going to be inactive and I would have to use DeAndre Washington. However, if he was going to be active, I didn't have the highest hopes that he was going to make it through the game, and that was the scary part for me. The biggest thing, since I had his handcuff ready to go and be able to swap, if I had just not played Powell, waited for Jacobs, saw that he was out and played DeAndre Washington, my week probably would have been a lot better. But I don't think you can second-guess yourself in that situation. We thought about Bilal Powell. We were like, this is a guy who has a very good chance at touching the ball more than 15 times. You touch the ball more than 15 times against the Dolphins, you're probably going to be a pretty good fantasy player. If you score a touchdown, you'll be a top-10 guy for the week. He got his 20 touches. He just didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, he got 20 touches, 21. And, yeah, the information that you have, like, when you made that decision is, is the right way to go. You're taking too much of a risk to get potentially Josh Jacobs touching the ball 10 times in a limited role, or then you have DeAndre Washington and you really don't know what to expect there when it seemed not maybe obvious, but just from what the beat writers are saying and the Jets reporting that, yeah, he, they were going to give all the opportunity for Bilal Powell there. And if you told me, yeah, you're going to get 21 touches from him against the Dolphins, I would expect it more than 10 points. But even at that mark, as a waiver wide guy to pick up, it doesn't burn your lineups. Uh, do you have any either season long contests or anything that hinges on the Monday night game between the Giants and Eagles? Because I have two. I need Caden Smith to score me 13.3 points. If you can do that, I shall advance. And another one, I have Barkley versus Eagles D with a seven point lead. And with the way that Barkley's been playing, I actually don't feel good about it. Yeah, no, I I have so all three of mine. I'm lucky enough that it's probably not going to come down to tonight. Yeah, you, you got you're relying on uh, Eli Manning a little bit tonight, but it's the one league, my main league, like the biggest money league with friends from back home. The guy who has by far the best team in the league just murked everybody in trades. He actually is um, only up 30. The opponent has Alshon and Carson Wentz. So I'll be acting as if that is my team tonight, uh, rooting for uh, Carson Wentz and Alshon. I like that a lot. So let's talk about the injuries at running back for the week. And then the pickups will go position by position. If you're watching this after the fact, hey, check out the description or comment section of this video or podcast. And boom, you can just jump to all the time codes. 
Biggest injuries of the week at running back. Darius Geis left the game with a knee injury. He's probably going to be out the rest of the year, I would think. Uh, Rashad Penny left after one touch in the Sunday night football game. He is likely done for the season as well. Bilal Powell got hurt at the end of the Miami game. I'd say go pick up the flea market, Ty Montgomery. But uh, Le'Veon Bell should be back Thursday night. But we'll see where Montgomery falls onto that list. I wouldn't expect Bilal Powell to play on Thursday night. It's against the Ravens, too, which is not good. Uh, Le'Veon Bell missed the game with an illness. Josh Jacob in his shoulder. We'll see where he's at I, I hope we find out before waivers clear because that could really clear up the week for us Damian Williams uh missed it with his ribs Daryl Williams out for the season James Connor should return in week 15 at least he and Juju are the early expectation that they will play against the Bills in week 15 so we'll see how that goes so the overall pickups I really shortened the list because why do you need handcuffs anymore if those guys aren't already picked up they're never going to be picked up in your league let's face it here uh deandre washington is number one in the power rankings adrian peterson is number two patrick laird raheem mostart bo scarborough those are the five and i think that those five are probably playable this week the rest of the list is like montgomery madison richard jalen samuels frank gore you probably don't want to play those guys if you're still alive in the playoffs but those five think you can pick up and use if you need to in a pinch if you've lost guys bad matchups whatever it may be yeah i agree with those and the deandre washington's number one for me we'll see what happens with jacobs it doesn't sound great and anyways like the only reason you probably run him out there a little bit more is rookie of the year it does not seem like he has a chance to catch kyle Kyle murray unless he just was to go off those final uh two three weeks of the season so i think the smart thing to do would be to shut him down seeing that washington gets 20 touches six receptions too involved in both as facets he's very much startable moving into this the only other news i would say is yeah bo scarborough right now just continues to get fed 19 carries watch his injury status i think he left with a, a rib injury that I don't know if I feel confident even rostering in the playoffs, J.D. McKissick or Ty Johnson. I'd probably rank McKissick higher just right off the bat right now. But those are your main guys, AP with no guys, and uh, DeAndre Washington seem pretty fine. Yeah, I have Scarbo ranked fifth of those guys that are potentially startable, and you're right. He did leave with the ribs injuries, and if he does end up going, the problem is – I, I, he actually did have a catch yesterday, but he's just so useless if he doesn't score a touchdown. He's a lot like David Montgomery in that way, that he kind of really needs to go off on the ground. And that's not a situation you want to be when you're the Lions running back. Yeah, your Lions running back, it's it's exactly like Benny Snell, Sony Michelle. These guys rely on like 15 carries, and if they're not getting that volume for the 100-yard bonus, you have to get the one to two touchdown games, and it'll happen once a season for these guys. And so it's just not worth banking on, at least in the playoffs now. Uh, just looking at it, if people are curious about all the running back snap shares, uh, if you go to my Instagram page, Instagram slash the PME, uh, you will find all the running back snap shares up there, just like in my article on DKPlaybook.com. But uh, DeAndre Washington, 63% of the snaps. Jalen Rocket Rashad, 38% of the snaps. And the thing you have to realize about this game, yes, DeAndre Washington did end up seeing more targets than Richard, but it's very encouraging to see this split between the two, that it was basically 65-35 in favor of Washington, considering that it was close in the first half, and that was mainly all of DeAndre Washington. And then they fell way behind, which you would presume would be all Jalen Richard, but it wasn't, which is great news if Oakland can, like, be competitive in Week 15, that you can see, like, 80% DeAndre Washington if Josh Jacobs sits. Yeah, it's it's it is. And all season long they've been doing this with Richard. Early in the year they weren't giving him work at all, even not using um Josh Jacobs as a pass catcher. And it was the Jets game when they're getting blown out. They finally use Jalen Richard. He has like six receptions. The following week they're getting blown out and they don't use him. So they really not giving him any sort of leash at all. And it, it's it, before Josh Jacobs got there, even with Marshawn Lynch last year, they started to give Washington a lot more work. So maybe this is their chance to see what they have in him. If we play in a weird world where somehow Le'Veon Bell is not over his flu and Bilal Powell is out. Would you actually want to start Ty Montgomery Thursday night as 15-point underdogs in Baltimore? Uh, no, I would, I would have to be in a really big bind there. I would have to not have – I would start DeAndre Washington I'm over him. Uh, you, you, would, you would be at that point where uh, your waivers, if Washington's gone, I think the next guy I would start is probably Montgomery and just hope he catches five or six passes. I was stunned to see how many leagues that DeAndre Washington is still available in on Monday morning. I just figured everyone watches my show. I told everyone to go pick him up on Friday and that they would. But I mean, I guess that's the point with me is that I'm wrong so often. No one believes me anymore. But if you have him, you might have just backdoored your way into a top 15 running back in the playoffs. Like this is not the time to, 
everyone will say, stick with your studs, stick with your studs, stick with your studs. And I mean, in most scenarios, that's probably true. But we, every year, we always see one, two, or three running backs like this. A backup comes in, and they just have like a feast schedule down the stretch. Patrick Laird is really no different. Like He saw over 80% of the snaps for the Dolphins. Now they get the Giants this week. Uh, it's an easier run defense. Yeah, they've mixed in Miles Gaskin just a little bit. But if those are still the only two people and Zach Zenner is inactive against the Giants, then you're looking at a situation in PPR leagues where Laird is probably a top 20 guy. And you, you probably have to play him over the Tevin Coleman's and those guys that you probably want to play but have been terrible yeah the, the stick to your studs thing is so it's, it can't be a general statement like deandre hopkins this past week against chris harris jr yeah you could use it there but <laughs> when you're trying to get matchups um it's it's a spot where you you have to try to pick things out for oakland they're going to get jacksonville it's a very favorable matchup this jacksonville defense is just nothing like it was a year definitely not two years ago the personnel is all gone there so for deandre washington if he was to start this is probably borderline like a top 12 matchup on the week if not better uh if you're going to sink pc 16 to 18 touches so yeah he's a guy that i really like and i echo what you said about patrick laird he's a guy who is showing this pass catching ability but the big thing that i saw in that game you saw it a little bit in the other games where he saw 60 percent of the snaps last week the week before this past one just his pass protection is it's it's like noticeable the impact that he makes when somebody hits him so he's going to stay on the field because of that and then you fall into some more reception so it, it's good for your fantasy teams yeah and the big thing too is like when you look at patrick laird he played 59 of the 72 snaps 82 percent and he ran routes on 32 of 46 Ryan Fitzpatrick dropbacks, which is kind of insane. Yeah, that is, that's like elite company. Like if you see, if you look at like routes run per week on pro football focus, anytime you see running backs approaching, like, like, so for reference, Austin Eckler so far this year and Melvin Gordon's going to hurt this a little bit, but when Melvin Gordon wasn't there, he was running about 26, 27 routes per week. So it depends. Like Miami's going to be down a lot more in their games, but that is elite usage for a running back. Uh, let's talk about the wide receiver injuries because, I mean, if you somehow survive the rash of wide receiver injuries or tight end injuries, really, this week, it was a bloodbath out there. So here's the report. Mike Evans, doubtful with a hamstring injury for this week. He might be out for the season. Calvin Ridley hurt his abdominal. I don't know how serious this ab injury is, but this is what De Deshaun Jackson also had an abdominal injury back in like week three, and then he played like three snaps the rest of the season. Uh, so he's probably not going to play. DJ Chark was spotted in a walking boot after the game. He's probably not going to play. Devontae Parker has a concussion. And as we know with the Dolphins, you have any sort of injury, you're probably going to be placed on season-ending injured reserve. Auden Tate hurt his ankle. He's probably going to be done for the Bengals. Nikhil Harry hurt his hip. Uh, Will Fuller didn't play because of a hamstring injury. Albert Wilson for the Dolphins also sustained a concussion. He's going to be out. Uh, so Adam Humphreys, Scott Miller, Trey Quinn, T.Y. Hilton, Taylor Gabriel, Paul Richardson, Hunter Renfro, Juju, Perry, uh, Paris Campbell actually played. That was nice. Uh, and Adam Thielen, A.J. Green all did not play. Thielen should return this week. Juju is trying to get on track to play this week because the Steelers need all hands on deck. They probably do need to win out still. And this game against the Bills is so huge for them that they might start getting their players back. But when I look at the actual pickups for the week, you have your very obvious guys like Debo Samuel. He's still available in all the leagues. If he's there, pick him up. Uh, Anthony Miller, he's still available. Go pick him up. Cole Beasley, uh, I still have it number three. He's just been good almost every single week. Then we get into the who are the replacements that you can feasibly put into your lineup. I do think that Alan Hearns is probably the best of the bunch now that there's like no one left in Miami. And the other guy would be Isaiah Ford, who almost got to 100 yards with Ryan Fitzpatrick yesterday. I was hoping it would be Gasicki, but it wasn't. Yeah, I have I have those two names down, and I assume now that Pascal and Anderson are well above the threshold. But they, I mean, those guys have rough matchups coming forward. I don't even know if I would want to be starting them. They they, they actually they actually don't. I have Pascal down on this list. The guy that I have, I go Debo, Miller, Cole Beasley, Allen Hearns. Then I actually have Brashad Perriman. Yeah, I think that's fair because I was looking at Pascal. He's been producing, but he gets Marshawn Lattimore and Bradbury to close out the fantasy playoffs, and that's just a spot where his skill set's probably not going to rise to the top. Yeah, I have Ford up here. So the guys that I have in here are, yeah, Anthony Miller is at the top, um, Isaiah Ford, and then I have Alan Hearns after that. You could flip-flop those guys. Uh, I saw Ford was playing a lot more slot just off of I. I want to see what the data says. But if that's the case, then I like that a little bit more if he's going to play both on the outside and in the slot, kind of hybriding for both Parker and Wilson if they're both going to be out with a concussion. But then a lot of these other guys, yeah, it's I want to see what happens with Watson uh, from Tampa Bay. If, if you have no Mike Evans, he filled in that role. And we've been seeing it all year long that this offense is going to sustain two receivers, if not more. And it could be Perriman uh, on the outside. I think he'll continue his normal role. Watson started running those Mike Evans routes in the intermediate range a little bit more than Perriman usually running more of like either a pop screen or just deep down the field. Uh, so Watson is another guy on this list that I have up there.
So the other guys you could potentially go get Chris Conley in the absence of DJ Chark in the very, very deepest of leagues. Maybe Keelan Cole ends up be- becoming someone that you could feasibly go pick up if you're just you know throwing a prayer. Deontay Johnson and James Washington are both still available in the majority of leagues. I like Deontay Johnson better than I like James Washington. You mentioned Justin Watson filling in for t- in Tampa Bay. You got to help me out with this one. The guy who's potentially going to be filling in for Kelvin Ridley if he ends up missing time. Russell Gage will just play his normal amount of snaps. And you have Olamadi Zajujukis. Zakacharisco. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I make it Italian. Uh, yeah, I, Paul, you know the guy's name, don't you? Olamidi Zacchaeus. Team preseason? That's the guy? Uh, yeah, like he wasn't like the best play. All right. But he was a play. Okay. So, I mean, in the, they just don't give a fuck at this point anymore. So yeah. <laughs> you have the potential. There's like, they might just run these losers out there and just bomb it to them. Yeah, him, I mean, him downfield, that was an insane catch on him. What was that, like his first catch in his NFL career and then in a regulation game or pre- regular season game. And then uh, Blake also, Blake, nothing happened to Blake in that game, right? I think he was just not seeing targets. Yeah, he played 13% of the snaps. Uh, my guy, Big Z, ended up playing 33% in Ridley's absence. Yeah. So I guess Blake is just like the direct fill-in for Julio to an extent there. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's where you would go with those pickups. I really like Watson, though, as uh, a guy that I probably have a little bit higher. Um, he's just filled in right for Mike Evans' role, and you're going to have Jameis throwing 40 times. He's probably, I don't want to say a lock, but a shoe-in for five to six targets with the upside of 10. Well, there's a guy that we can play for 3,000. I don't know. They play the Saturday game this week, don't they? Or is there a Saturday? No, that's next week the Saturday game start. I'm all confused by these weird Saturday games because yeah. I, I did the pickup list and I was looking at the schedule, but then I did the week, week 16 like look ahead as well. Then there was like three Saturday games. I was like, oh, God. Then I got myself all confused. Who's Tampa play this week? They played the Lions? Yeah. Oh, uh, Paul, yes. It's David Blau chalk week, buddy. I don't think that people are going to go all in on David Blau. I really don't. Because when I was doing my – when we get to quarterbacks, I did like my pickups. I, I was looking at Blau because he's playing Tampa. It was like, he's so bad. <laughs> that's a problem yeah, he, yeah he's terrible um but man if you can just bump it to kenny galladay i'll be good with that i suppose but now that, that's a difficult one to see i just hopefully it's not another like peyton barber game tight ends they got hurt in a big way in, uh, in week 14 so noah fant hurt his foot he's probably done he got carted off the field maybe he ends up returning he was the highest scoring tight end on the week too ryan griffin hurt his ankle he gone from the jets we'll see if he's back jared cook we saw him get rocked in that game that everyone watched would you think that's game of the year by the way yeah i think so it was yeah, good. Bo- both team like individually they went over the entire game total and just the way that it ended with Kittle instead of it just ending with the clock running out yeah i i i'm, I'm struggling to just think of ones that kind of comp to that yeah i'm kind of glad new orleans didn't end up well i guess if they had gotten the two-point conversion they would have been a tie game and maybe they still could have covered but as someone who had new orleans minus two once they didn't get the two-point conversion i was just like oh god like, just stick a fork at me. I'm done. Because they had a chance to cover if that was yeah. going to be the point. Anyway, Vance McDonald left with a concussion. Flow chart week did not work out for old Vance. And, hey, we were on top of that one, so good on us. Foster Moreau exited the game with a knee injury. Maybe that means that Darren Waller can actually catch a touchdown now. That'd be fine. Greg Olson missed. Gerald Everett missed. Luke Wilson. Evan Ingram is expected to miss the Monday night game. Austin Hooper returned this week. And Rhett Ellison will likely miss the Monday night game with a concussion as well. Looking at the pickups, I have David Njoku, number one on my list, solely because he's back and he's playing Arizona. Yeah, and, and you know that he's going to be starting. I have, so I'm not exact what the threshold is right now still. I imagine, Tyler, is Tyler Higby above it by now? Uh, he's not. I have him at number three behind Gesicki. Okay, yeah, so I have I have Higby, uh, Ian Thomas, and then uh, Njoku after that. And I guess the, the thing for Njoku is you know he's going to be the starter. Those other ones, if, if not by Wednesday, if you don't have any more news on Greg Olson's status or uh, Gerald Everett, then, yeah, go ahead and, and get Njoku if you want more security. Has the good matchup. Ended up having, I think, just one catch for four yards. I want to see what his snap count uh, was at the end of it. Uh, did you say uh, Njoku? Yeah, did you? Is his snap count out? Did you have his snap count out? There? Uh, his snap count is going. I can look that up. I saw him drop a touchdown. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, and I saw there was some weird play that I don't know if it ended up being like a, an interception or a fumble that was ripped out of his hands. That was the other time that I saw him actually get like some sort of action in the game. Yeah. So the reason that I put Najoku Gesicki above Ian Thomas and Higby. That's yep. that, that's a guy that I'm thinking of. Is just I don't know the status of Gerald Everett or Greg Olson. If they come back, those guys aren't going to have the impact as the other two, who are definitely the starters on their team. And just if 
Wilson, I know he only had the one catch, but they were trying to use Gasicki all over the place. Just Fitzpatrick was off uh, against the Jets big time. That Gasicki is going to see like seven targets and a ton of red zone work that I would just try to bank on that. Yeah, just watching part of that game, he had they had Gasicki lined up out wide for two red zone targets on the left side of the field. So, I mean, that usage is going to be great with those receivers being banged up. At least one of them in the concussion protocol, probably both would end up missing. So, yeah, if it comes to it, you don't have any more news and you want to be more stable, then I'd go Njoku, uh, Gasicki, and then probably Dallas Goddard before I started touching those guys that you're relying on the starters. But if we knew the news today, I would probably go Higby and then Ian Thomas. Yeah, if I knew that Gerald Everett was going to miss, I agree. I would move Tyler Higby to the top of my list, and maybe we'll get that news, and you can check the updated rankings because I'll update them again on Tuesday evening and along with all the injuries that happen to get you ready for week 15 you can always check that out dkplaybook.com hit the description you can find the link in there as well uh for the Browns themselves Stephen Carlson played the most snaps at tight end 73% for the Browns and Joku 38% Ricky Seals Jones 20% I'm not too discouraged about that because they barely threw the ball they were just in running formation the entire game and you're just not going to have Njoku out there yeah, and there's also just a chance that like they were going to work him back in some form. So if he still got that many snaps in a not great runs or not great pass game script where he's usually going to go into the slot a lot more, maybe out wide as well for that great usage. then yeah, I think that's pretty well, especially coming off the injury. Yeah, and like I said, with Gasicki, you're and the other guy that you could probably go pick up because his usage went way up after Mike Evans left is actually OJ Howard. I wouldn't trust him, but he has substantial upside against Detroit this week if Evans is on the sidelines. Yeah, OJ Howard, he he ran only like 24 routes last week. I want to see what the routes this week. It's probably comparable, but it's it's encouraging because it wasn't just like a spike week. You now saw it back-to-back weeks. The other news, though, is that you had yeah, no Evans, so that helps. And then you had just a game where there's 400-plus passing yards, so everybody kind of got theirs. But he's at least being used more into this offense now, which is nice to see four catches and at least – uh, back-to-back weeks here on five targets if you're in a really deep league you could also just go cam Brate catches a touchdown had some usage uh, but that's if you're talking like 16 man leagues at that point where there's just nothing left even at that point i don't think that you would need to get there like it, one of njoku gesicki if you play in a league that deep you probably have ian thomas on your team right now yeah yeah i agree or higby I, like one of those guys from the past two weeks if you had no tight end um that's probably who you ended up going with yeah, and at this point in the season, you're probably battling like two or three people on the waivers. Yeah, I saw Jeff Ratcliffe threw it out that people who are not playing in the championship bracket shouldn't be making pickups. Um, there's a feature on almost every fantasy site you can play. We implement this in early. Like, we tell everyone that we don't have any money for the console. Like, you have money for the consolation round, or there's some sort of prize or penalty, then yeah, make all the pickups you want. We don't. Uh, we pay our season winner. We play, we pay first, we pay second, and that's it. Like, well, I don't understand why you would get money for winning a consolation bracket because your team fucking sucks. Congratulations. Uh, you couldn't make the playoffs. You couldn't be one of the best four or six teams, and you want to get money? Please give your head a shake on that one. But we just lock the teams. You can, there's a bunch to lock the teams that are out of the playoffs and you can do that yeah you can lock them that's that's what we do too but yeah we tried like i've been doing this league the main one with all my friends from back home in high school for like eight years now and the one year uh, we just have people you know they get bad beats and they're like ah, i came in fourth i didn't get anything but so the one year we tried to do just it's a 12-man league just every single position gets paid out so like there's some incentive but it's it's like nothing when you're dealing in like the eighth and ninth place but it changed nothing. People still didn't care and nothing really changed. So we just ended up loading up the top prizes as you should. I tried that one out. So if somebody, anybody wants to experiment with that, it's probably not going to work out. What we did, and we might change this up a little bit next year, is we, we just play in a keeper league. It's not a dynasty league, but you can keep three guys every year. Maximum keep three years. Uh, and you just like lose a round every single year. After three years, you have to throw them back. So everyone who misses the playoffs goes into a draft lottery. Whoever has the worst record, it's like the NBA. You get the most ballots, so on and so forth. Uh, the top six teams make the playoffs. They all get one ballot, and they get one of the last six picks. So between uh, 9 and 14 is when they would end up, or 8 and 14 is when they would end up picking. And the way that we've tried to curb tanking is two things. Uh, one, we've moved the trade deadline up to week 8, that after that you can no longer make any trades, so you can try to keep it in it. But the rule that we implemented for the wild card, which is actually how I made the playoffs this year, came seventh overall but it's the five first five spots in our playoffs are given to the top five teams in the standings the sixth seed is actually just giving to the team who is not currently in the playoffs that has the most points for um so you can have teams like it was actually between me who was in seventh for the sixth seed and the guy who was actually in 13th so he didn't have to tank like 
it was just a thing all throughout the course of the season where there was enough people left in play, even at the bottom of the standings, to get that six seed that people were competitive the entire time. Yeah, I like that. And, and ours actually just ended up being that, but that's something that should be probably implemented. But yeah, the guy who had like the most points just snuck into the playoffs in the last spot just from his pure variance, getting unlucky in so many different games, point differential being awful against him. So yeah, I actually, I actually like the way that's laid out. Yeah, I have to probably look into Keeper more. Just we've had this league for so long now with the same people. It's, it's something that's going to be stable. It's worth at least experimenting with. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is the league that I think we've had since 2002, uh, and we changed the rules probably 12 years ago now to get to this format because we just used to do, like, random redraft when we first started doing it. It's basically all the same people. We've expanded it. We started with a 10-team league because it was the early 2000s. Now it's at 14, so it's not too bad. Uh, let's talk about quarterbacks for the week that you can stream through your lineups. We have, let's see here. I have Ryan Tannehill as my number one guy uh, at home against Houston. Turns out Houston's pass defense sucks. Just play quarterbacks against Houston. Yeah, some injuries in their secondary, but like their safeties have been pretty much like not practicing since week two or three, but just no good personnel back there anymore. People traded away. And now also just not getting any pass rush, J.J. Watt gone. It doesn't help your secondary at all. Uh, the rest of it is I have Fitzmagic. I mean, the, the guy led eight field goal drives. They kicked seven of them and missed one of them. And you just convert two of those into touchdowns. He, I mean, he picked up like 60 yards rushing on the ground, too. He scored 16 fantasy points without a touchdown. Uh, you, hopefully he can convert some next week, uh, even with a dearth of talent in the receiving core. But I have him at two. Garoppolo at three at home against Atlanta. Phillip Rivers at home against Minnesota. Minnesota's pass defense also stinks, so watch out for that. Mr. Blau, David Blau at home against Tampa because the rest of the guys are like Minshew at Oakland, Drew Locke at Kansas City, Brissett at New Orleans, Eli Manning at Miami, Baker Mayfield at Arizona. Like, not the great, maybe Mayfield should be a little bit higher than that, but I just don't want to play Mayfield at this point. Uh, the injuries, like Mahomes and Jameis both hurt their hands, uh, probably a fat fracture, no break. Uh, Andy Reid actually just came out and said that there's no break in Mahomes' hands. So I would expect both those guys to play. Are you concerned about them? Because I'm not really. Yeah, no, not not really concerned. You saw you saw Winston when, when he came back from his injury. I mean, the second half was was better than his first half. So not really concerned with anything that was going on in their hands. But I yeah, Ryan Tannehill and Fitzpatrick are probably my one and two. This this offense for Tennessee is set up so good for quarterbacks to just at least look decent in. And now you see Tannehill potentially just having a long-term deal they're talking about because the play action is just dominant there was like some I saw some stat about some record-setting play action day for Tannehill I don't know the exact stat but yeah everything off play action for Derrick Henry it's going to fool the whole secondary you got a guy like AJ Brown out there it just makes you wonder how Marcus Mariota couldn't do anything with this team um, so finally, I guess then defenses for the week, like I mentioned, if you hit the description or go to DK playbook, you can find, uh, my overall defense rankings for the rest of the season because week 17 is not a real week. So the week 16 rankings, I got new England, Baltimore, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, green Bay, Buffalo, Kansas city, Tennessee, the giants, new Orleans, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, Arizona, Dallas, and Miami. I tried to rank as many as possible so people can kind of jump in and, figure out what they want to do off their waiver wire. For next week, I have Pittsburgh, Baltimore, New England, San Francisco, Houston, Buffalo, Kansas City, New Orleans, Indianapolis, Denver, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Dallas, Washington, the Jets, and Tampa Bay. Um, just looking at those lists, obviously you can go look up their opponents. I did when I did, but I forgot to write them down when I did my article. Kansas City seems to be the one who's probably most available that you could go pick up. Yeah, most available. And, and since they've gotten their defensive line healthy over the past month, they probably have just the best pass rush out there. The one that's that's like just so concerning because there's no good personnel. You're going to see them play tonight. They have no pass rush or a secondary, but they finish out the season. You probably don't want them for both weeks. You don't need it, but um, you'll get Miami for the Giants, and then you get at Washington if Dwayne Haskins is in there. Those are two nice spots, especially the one against Miami. Now, Fitzpatrick in this offense has been better, but with the weapons being down, maybe it's a chance if you have nothing left on your waivers to just get something. The issue there is you're trying to generate pass rush to get some turnovers or sacks, and that's where you get your fantasy points from, and that's just something the Giants aren't doing. So it's a bad opponent, potentially bad offenses, but maybe uh, don't get fooled by the actual defense is terrible. Yeah, this is true. Uh, let's talk about the DraftKings showdown and the props from Monday Night Football. We have the New York Football Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. This game opened at 8.5. Guess what? It's now 9.5 for the Eagles. Everyone is steaming. Steaming the Eagles in terms of betting, and the line is adjusting to it right now. Uh, plus 325 is the money line for the Giants. The Eagles are minus 425. 
uh, favorites in this game. Do you think that the Giants can beat them? Because the Eagles have looked just so piss poor. Uh, I'll, I'll say no. I'll say no, beat, beat them straight up. But I actually do lean to the Giants side uh, just for um, the plus nine. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's no conviction. Like, I don't have a bet placed on it, but I'll just lean that way. Um, and I just think it's a game at least. So I don't really trust weather all that much, but the weather looks terrible for this one. I don't let it change like DraftKings, but I think it does change at least the coaches uh, way that they'll handle the game here. So you, you see just things that I'm seeing from Vegas. You see that uh, Carson Wentz has just a, a passing yardage prop that is less 10 less than Eli Manning. It makes sense. Manning will be playing from behind, but it's something that is so low in the two thirties. I think two thirty nine the last time I saw it that it doesn't really indicate to me that this will be one where they attack the Giants secondary and the Giants, if anything, are better against the run. So if they could slow this game down on their side, maybe more dump offs since Eli's in there to Saquon. I mean, you just got to keep it within 10. You're praying for a backdoor probably at that point, but I'll, I'll take lean that side. I don't have a bet place though. I mean, you have the potential that the one thing that the Giants do well on defense is actually pressure the quarterback, and Wentz has just been horrendous under pressure. It's funny, because in his like MVP season, uh, when he got hurt and they ended up winning the Super Bowl, he was like greased up in the pocket. You could not tackle him. He looked like Roethlisberger. Like, every third down conversion, people would be in his face. He'd slip away and convert, like, 60% of third downs. It's like the exact opposite this year. And now he's turning the ball over a ton that maybe there's a defensive score on the way that could really help out. Looking at the props i really want to bet barkley over total receptions uh but they've taken it off the board and i can't find it which sucks uh maybe maybe you can find it uh and see the number out there but the big reason for that is is daniel jones doesn't check down to barkley ever you know who does eli manning yeah so i i don't see it either i'm looking on DraftKings playbook i don't even see um i, I can't find miles sanders receptions either but it was i, I think that Daniel Jones, not only does he not check down, he's much more mobile. Like Elon Manning is at this point in his career and always has been a statue, just like his brother in the pocket. So whereas Daniel Jones can kind of evade some rush, probably fumble, but or step up in the pocket and get some six, seven yards on his own. It's going to be Eli Manning just looking immediately to Saquon. Keep in mind, there's no Evan Ingram out there either. He doesn't really have a rapport with Golden Tate or um, he, what is it? What is it? Caden Smith. Caden Smith, my guy. He needs to score 13 and a half fantasy points tonight, man. You learn his name. He's great. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, he put up like a 70 yard spot on the Packers last week. He, he's been well, but he doesn't have a rapport with those guys. He relies on his tight ends, but it's just a really nice spot for Barkley out of the backfield. He's still playing like as quiet as he's been 22 touches per game over the last five, 95% of the snaps the last two weeks. He's on the field a ton. Saquon Barkley over under receiving yards in this game, 35 and a half total receptions, four and a half. I think I would take the over four and a half in this game. Yeah, I would love to see a stat with Saquon and it. it's, it's literally one season. Uh, but what he averaged with Eli as a starting quarterback, just targets wise. But yeah, I like the over four and a half there. I even like the yardage prop. If this game is going to be as messy as the weather right now looks, uh, it just all sets up for short passing. Either way, it sets up for short passing. But you could also throw in there that Darius Slayton on the outside has absolutely no chemistry and nothing with Eli Manning out there. Sterling Shepard will be on the outside and not in the slot. So even though he is not used to throwing to him, not used to throwing to that position. So Saquon is like the only thing there that is stable for Eli in this offense. Uh, Caden Smith. I know that they don't have a rapport, but he and Golden Tate are going to be working primarily up the seams and out of the slot, along with Barkley out of the backfield for their shorter routes. Yeah, I, I think that. So what are you going to do? Are you going to hedge against yourself so you win either way with Caden Smith tonight? Um, betting under props? Or are you just going to go all in on the overs? No, I, I probably just won't end up touching him because I can't actually find any props for Caden Smith. It's just like first yeah. touchdown. There's no actual receiving props. That Sanders prop you talked about was three and a half for total receptions. And it's been juiced to the under. So it's actually plus 130 to bet the over of three and a half. Yeah, I, I, I really don't have a stance on that. I would say that just the over seems like a nicer spot. Uh, just because of the weather, but really probably don't have a strong stance on that one. The the one thing that I do like is probably Golden State. I see over or I see over under 50 and a half receiving yards. You don't know what this connection is with Eli, but he similar to Daniel Jones, but and also you can throw in the weather in the way that Eli is just operating later in his career using slot wide receivers like Shepard. Golden Tate uh, so far this year, two games with Sterling Shepard and Tate in. He's ran 40 more routes out of the slot. I think it's 52 uh, to about 12. So it's Golden State's roll out of the slot and 50 and a half receiving yards is, is not that much for him. Eli Manning over 0.5 receptions or I'm sorry, interceptions. Oh, interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that feels good. I've, I thought you were going to say rushing yards. Cause I, I probably, I, I, I always, I'm always a sucker for the things that like never happen once every three games, but seem like it's so small that they will. Um, but yeah, the, the interception sounds, sounds nice. He, he sees, he should be throwing more in this one as a nine point underdog is a higher uh, passing 
uh, yardage prop as well. So just everything indicates that he's going to be chucking the ball. The issue is like how often does he throw more than 10 to 15 yards downfield? I don't know. And that's usually where the interceptions come from. I guess the only two things that we really need to watch out for here is Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Howard for the Eagles are like, they might end up playing. They're, they're probably not going to play, but if Jordan Howard plays and you've been in all these mile miles Sanders, like unders, I think you're looking pretty good. Yeah, I think that's the one spot. So so Howard right now, I'd say Aguilar, true game time decision. It seems like Howard, he still hasn't been cleared. So he would have to be cleared today sometime, like in warmups. So it seems like he's the more sketchy play. But yeah, either way, you have a good chance with those Sanders unders, right? It's at this point in the day, probably a coin flip. So if you want to get some sort of edge on it, it would just be banking that, that, that may be questionable to doubtful uh, Howard suits up in that role. I, I think that's interesting. Is there is there props for Howard out there right now? No, there's no props for Howard, yeah. but I I would think that the same. I like I'm just curious of why there's no at least on some of the places that there's no props for Barkley. That just seems strange to me. Is he like not? Is he secret not gonna play? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing with that. I don't know if they just they know that they don't like trust their numbers with Eli back. They're probably going to give him like ten receptions in this one. They just that, don't know where to put the number. You know, that's probably actually the case now that you think about it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So um. The overall weather, like on a scale of one to 10, how, con- how concerned do you think you are for it? I, I, I would say like a four. Okay. So just like a normal game then. It, yeah, it's, it's like 15 to 20 mile per hour wind. So like some of your deep passes are going to be impacted. But for Eli Manning, he's going to throw once or twice more than 30 yards downfield. Um, and after that, it's just like an 80% chance of rain to 90% chance of rain. So it'll just be a wet game. So if anything, you're going to just lean more so towards Saquon in the short passing game more than you already probably are. Uh, let's talk about the DK showdown for the Monday night football game. Carson Wentz is the most expensive player on the board. If you want to use him as your captain, it's going to be $17,700. Barkley is second. We'll just talk about the actual prices, not the captain's prices here. So you have Wentz at 11.8, Barkley at 10.6. Everyone else is below 10,000. Ertz, Jeffrey Sanders, Manning, Tate, Shepard, Slayton, and Howard. Uh, looking down the list at like the cheap, cheap guys, Caden Smith is actually only 3,300 bucks. Should probably play him, or maybe JJ or Sega Whiteside if Aguilar is going to miss this game. But like you mentioned, deep passing might not be the best here. But the Giants have been torched by wide receiver twos. Yeah, so I think that yeah, so Caden Smith, thirty three hundred captain. He's he's like the best guy who's cheaper there. Like I think it's really easy to fit him into your lineups. He's ran sixty nine routes since taking over, and Scott Simonson behind him has only ran thirteen routes. So he's primarily the guy out there. Sixty nine routes in, in two games of being a starter is is really good. I mean, thirty five routes a week is, is sort of elite usage for tight ends. So a lot cheaper than your kickers. That's a fine spot to go to. And yeah, we'll see what happens with Aguilar. The issue for this would be, so Greg Ward's out there at $200 too. I think he's interesting. For that price discount, I might even like him more over uh, Arcega Whiteside if Aguilar misses. They just run so many two tight end sets that uh, you're not going to have a lot of upside. But for $200, if Aguilar's out, you probably get Greg Ward running around like 18, 19 routes. And that's pretty good for the price point. Uh, Would you use Eli Manning? Yeah, I think I would. So I don't love it, but the... Passing yards prop is okay. It's at like 250. And then at that point, um, you're just banking on some sort of touchdowns. But at the end of the day, he's $8,200. So if I was to pick a quarterback on this slate, and it's it's very context-based. Like there's the general statistic, like 85% of the time a quarterback's needed on these showdown slates. But how, how often is one of the guys almost $12,000? It's probably not much. So for Wentz, he's just a scratch for me in this game environment. A 240 uh, passing yards total for his prop is not great. It's less than Eli's. Makes sense. Eli playing from behind. At that price point, I actually do like Eli. Not a priority. Like, I'd rather get to a lot more position players, but he's probably the quarterback I get to more. So you're crossing off Wentz, and I'm guessing you're crossing off Slayton as well? Yeah, both of them right now for me are a nose on this list that I have. Hmm, interesting. Because if you're, if you're building, like, 5 to 10 lives, if you were going to, like, 150, yeah, I would have them in there. Yeah, but, I mean, how many people are, outside of, like, professional DraftKings players, how many people are realistically 150 in these contests? Uh, nobody should probably then like nobody is and nobody should like yeah. outside of the professionals yeah well i mean you would have to have the optimizer i mean if you go to dailyroto.com and use the promo code the pme and get your hands on one of them optimizers it's really good too it's what druby uses to win every single one of these fucking slates didn't they win one last night i, I saw oh did they? Um, I, I actually didn't see did they actually win this Sunday i don't game? think it was druby but um i, I think it might have been dink i saw three people there was some tweet out there from sports grid or something that said that the three people who tied for first in the showdown last night were all daily roto well you should probably use the optimizer then <laughs> yeah it's crazy oh my god are you serious 
Yeah, I can find Drewby and Mike both won. What? Wait, so Drewby and Leone both won? I believe so. I saw. Oh, that they did tweet too. As well. Yeah, yeah. Drewby split it with Leone and another subscriber. That's hilarious. Leone, congratulations! <laughs> you got the Pat Mayo Experience bump by being on the show on Friday. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's just insane. It's like I think it is like the quota, like what once every ten days. It seems. Yeah, that's nuts. That's absolutely insane. Ah. Uh. Yeah, promo code the PME at uh, TillyRoto.com. Probably just worth it for the showdown optimizer. <laughs> yeah, get the goods. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. So if you had to like sh- have a short list of three captains, who do you think it would be? Yeah, let me pull it up. So uh, a short list of three captains, I would go with Ertz. Um, Ertz, give me Ertz, Sanders, and Saquon. Ertz, Sanders, and Saquon. If Jordan Howard ends up playing, let's say, would you throw him in at all, knowing that very few people are going to use him? Yeah, I would at that point, especially because the inactives come out as always like an hour and a half before lock. But on these showdown slates, it's so rare that people react. The one night that Robert Woods um, was ruled out just for like personal reasons, an hour and a half before he was still owned at like a almost like twelve percent clip in the showdown lineups. Hmm, interesting. So there is some softness to these contests. Yeah, just it's it's like weekdays were late at night. People just not noticing things. And also uh, there's just times when if people are going to enter 150 lineups and they have like 5% of that type of a guy, they might not want to mess with it 20 minutes before they see it. Uh, so I'm just thinking to myself that my captain is probably going to be, if, if, if Howard sits, I think Miles Sanders will be definitely in my lineup and he'll probably be my captain. And then I'll probably use close to 100% of Barkley and Caden Smith on the giant side of the ball, then try to figure out the rest, like mix, try to mix some Alshon in. Maybe I will mix some Wentz in with Eli, depending on how that works. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside if Aguilar ends up sitting. But I think those three guys, Barkley, Smith, and Sanders, will be sort of like my core stack uh, for the showdown contests. Yeah, I think that's good. And I like getting to, I don't think I would set up a rule for it just because this game can get gross. They can get up ahead by a lot using the ground game, the Eagles, but getting to at least one of these Eagles tight ends, they're both playing like 80, 85% of the snaps, both running 35 routes a week and getting like six to seven targets each. It's really hard for them, for at least one of them not to have a good game on a showdown slate, especially when there's just such limited players that one of them is probably going to be needed more times than not. All right, that'll do it. On the Pat Mayo Experience, waiver wire pickup and injury show for the 2019 fantasy football season. We'll be back week one next year, or week two next year for the waiver wire show. Sal, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And tell everyone where they can follow you and check out your work because you got more football. And maybe we'll get you on for some showdown stuff. Who knows? But uh, you got basketball. You got everything coming up. Yeah, so uh, just over on the channel is my name, Sal Vetri. It's stripped down to an audio version, uh, the Sal Vetri Show on all podcast platforms and just covering the NFL on a daily basis and NBA for fantasy purposes, DFS. So if you want any more content, you can check that out. Twitter is at Sal Vetri DFS. And yeah, I just want to say thank you so much, Pat. This has been a ton of fun, the, the Monday routine here. So thank you. I appreciate all the support. I like that someone in the chat just said, if you use an optimizer, you're a bum. I would actually say it's probably the opposite considering they just cashed like 700K over the past two months. Yeah, it's it, it has to be just like full on like envy at that point. Yeah, uh, I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me on Twitter at the PME, same as Instagram and same as the Facebooks. You can find my cheat sheet for the snaps up on my Instagram page. Also in my column on DKPlaybook.com. You can find both in the description of this video or podcast. Plus vote Mayo in both categories. Sports betting, fantasy analyst. You can find that link in the description. Please go vote in that. I could really use the help in winning. Not going to lie to you. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll be back on Tuesday. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.